Hello everybody. We are going to be resuming our book study on becoming the woman whose God is enough. We started it earlier this year. We got through six chapters and we were stopped by COVID. And so we were going to resume um, by maybe a Zoom meeting or something like that. But some of the ladies didn't have really good internet access or maybe the technology to do it. So um, we kind of put it on hold. And so we're now, now going to post these sessions on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, we encourage you all to uh, make your comments and uh, give your thoughts and discuss uh, what you learned uh, below this video in the comment section and share with each other what you've learned. And that would be really great. So we have six more chapters to do. We're going to do six chapter six today, and we should be done with these ch uh, uh, chapters by the Friday before Thanksgiving. And Judy Turney and Joyce Cooper are going to be helping me like they did in the book study. That is um, pending any problems that anybody has with any technology, which hopefully won't be an issue. So as I said below before, be sure to put your comments below and talk to each other about things that you learned. It'll be, uh, remind us of the discussion times that we had before and, and that'd be really good. So chapter six is on taking offense and it's not talking about being offended with each other. It's talking about being offended with God or his word. And at first thought you think, well, nobody would be ever, ever be offended with God or his word. But it is a common problem, and it is a problem that we all have to deal with, whether we understand it or not. Once I talk about it, you'll I think that you'll recognize that, that we've all had to deal with it from time to time. So I'm going to read from page 79 in the book. The first uh, scripture that we read, it's uh, Matthew 11, verse 2. It says, when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, go and tell John that what you hear and see, the blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Leopards are lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. So the main scripture in this lesson is blessed is the one who is not offended by me. And that word there, offend, means to trip up or to stumble. So when we get offended with God or his word, we get tripped, tripped up and we stumble. And sometimes even uh, people can walk away from God if they get offended with him. And two ways that people get offended with God or his word is um, they take offense. They're hurt or mad or disappointed or angry with God over something they feel like God should have done, done some prayer he should have answered or some way that they feel like he should have acted. Or they take offense at his holy written word, at, at the word of God. In our reading that uh, we had in our book, we saw some of the reasons that uh, people were offended with Jesus. 
uh, oh, he's just a carpenter's son. He was from their own hometown. How could he, how could he be so famous or know so much or be so important? They all knew his family. What could be so special about him? Why is he telling us why, what to do? Why is he teaching us? Uh, Jesus addressed the sin of the religious leaders, uh, the Pharisees, and that caused them to be really offended. Um, Jesus taught, uh, things that people didn't really understand or agree with, and they got offended about that. The Pharisees over and over again were very offended that Jesus healed people on the Sabbath. In 1 Peter 2.8, Jesus is called a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. So Jesus himself, even though he's the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the friend of sinners, He's also called a stumbling block and a rock of offense. So Jesus in in and of himself, um, if he is not accepted, he, he offends people. So first of all, I'm going to talk about uh, getting offended with God or with Jesus. Um, if we've lived long enough, we have likely, you know, at least once, maybe many, many times, uh, when we've had a tragedy or an unanswered prayer or time of distress or depression, um, when we felt, even if, even if it's just for a very brief passing time that we've been betrayed by God or he was not listening to us or that his word was not true, sometimes this could, you know, just be a brief passing thought or sometimes it could even last for years. We may think, as it says on page 80 of the book, I've done everything right, and now I have this tragedy to face. God is not fair. Other people I know are not suffering like I am. Where is the abundant life Jesus has promised? You know, if you read the book of Psalms, you can see many times a clear illustration of disappointment with God. In Psalms 10, verse 1, it says, O Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide when I am in trouble? In Psalm 13, verse 1, it says, O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever talked to the Lord like that? Like, why aren't you listening to me, God? I've been telling you this. I've been praying this. I've believe, been believing for this. And, and it just doesn't seem like you're listening to me. On pages 88 and 89, um, the story that it tells of Elizabeth Elliot is very, very profound. She wrote, I had desired God himself, and he had not only not given me what I asked for, he has snatched away what I had. And we've all had times in our lives where we needed to decide whether we were going to be offended by God and just walk away, or if we were going to work through the way we felt and stick with the Lord. 
Jesus shared a story which is known as the parable of the prodigal son. He gives a great lesson on being offended in this parable. It's even more so a lesson on God's great love for us, even when we're offended or even when we stray away. It's the story of a man with two sons. The youngest of the sons wished to break loose from the family. He he wanted to be done with the family. He wanted his inheritance. He wanted to be free and live his own life. So he asked for his share of his father's estate, which his father gave him. He left and he spent uh, everything that he had, every last cent he spent on wild living. He even spent money on prostitutes. After a period of time, he became destitute. And he came to his senses and he repented. And he decided that he would try to go back to his father's house and see if his father would allow him to work as a servant. And as he did, his father actually celebrated his return. His older brother, on the other hand, was angry and offended that he was welcomed back with a celebration. Now, the older brother's reaction seems very warranted and very common sense and logical and what most of us would feel. And, uh, but he was offended and that's not the way the father saw it. And that's not the way Jesus is telling us that our heavenly father sees things. This is the father's response. And this is what the heavenly father's response is in Luke 15, 31. Our 1532. But we had to celebrate and be glad because his bro this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. So you can see that the Heavenly Father sees things totally different than us humans see things. And this was an illustration about the Heavenly Father. And it also shows how people can be offended. In this story, we see so much how God looks at things differently than we do. We see how God is so much more full of love and mercy and compassion, forgiveness, faith, and generosity than we could ever hope to be. It shows how God is always looking and waiting for mankind to repent and will accept repentance from the worst of sinners. And on page 85, it says, God's ways are not our ways, but his ways are always right. And as you go through the trials of life and things don't seem like they're going the way that you think they should go, you can be confident that God is at work and God, God's plan is the right plan. On page 86 at the top of the page, it has uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. It says, We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. 
We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the depth in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be seen in our body. You know, if we read that scripture a little bit different, uh, think about if, if the person that Jesus is talking about is walking in a fence all, in all, all the time. We could say we are pressed on every side by troubles and we are offended and we are crushed. We don't want that to be, do we? We are perplexed and we are offended and we are driven to despair. We are hunted down and we feel abandoned by God and we are offended. We get knocked down and we are offended and we feel destroyed. See, if we're offended, it's, it's a bad path to go down. But we need to walk on the victory side. We need to keep our faith in Christ. And no matter how rough and tough things get, uh, stick with Jesus Christ. I encourage you to keep your trust in the Lord. And trusting in him and his plan and his purpose can keep you from getting offended and from stumbling. And in the book, pages 84 through 86 gave some really great scriptures to encourage you. And I encourage you to meditate on those scriptures. Also in the Psalms I read earlier at the beginning, uh, and David is talking about how discouraged he is and why isn't God listening in those same Psalms, David straightens himself out. It's like he slaps himself in the face and shakes it off. And he encourages himself in the Lord and reminds himself that the Lord is, is uh, watching over him and is faithful to him and, and puts his hope back in the Lord. The other way that we're so often offended or we can be offended is by the word of God. Um, with Jesus and his teaching, do you know that many, many, many people walked away from him? They were offended by his teaching. So offended, they ended up crucifying him and killing him. So if we think that um, every pastor of every church or every minister should never offend anybody, and if they offend people, then they're not, they're not teaching the Bible properly, then then we're not really uh, following the example of Jesus because Jesus offended people all of the time. People have been offended over the centuries at the gospel, and that's why there's martyrs even to this present day. I'm going to read on page 86. Um, it's uh, John 57, the bottom of page 86. It says, I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Jesus was aware that his disciples were complaining, so he said to them, Does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing, and the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but some of you do not believe. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him.
we can see here that the offense at Jesus's words, Jesus's teaching will cause people to turn away and desert Jesus Christ. And that's not good. I don't want to be in that number of people, do I? Do you? I don't want to be. <laughs> anyway, in Acts 4, verse 1, it's talking about the disciples. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed by what they taught, by what they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody till until the next day, for it was already evening. So you can see here that the people, the Sadducees, the priests, the captain of the temple, they were really offended by what the disciples were teaching to the uh, extent that they put them in jail. You know, uh, people, like I said, people have been offended by the word of God all throughout the centuries. Um, people were so offended by the word of God that, uh, that many people have been burned at the stake for printing the word of God. Um, people have been offended by the word of God taught at our church. I remember uh, when Pastor Terry recently, I guess it was a year or two ago, taught on the fruit of the Spirit. On the Sunday, he taught about self-control. He shared how the Holy Spirit had helped him with self-control in the area of eating. He shared a great victory um, in his life that was brought about by the Holy Spirit. It was a great testimony because it was something that he had struggled with for years. And then someone had told us, of course, this is probably a third, third-hand report, that uh, they were re offended, that somebody else was offended, that somebody else was highly offended, that he would talk about self-control in regard to his weight. So evidently several people were offended that, that self-control was in the list of uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and self-control actually applies to self-control <laughs> in our lives. In this political cycle, many Christians are highly offended when they are reminded to walk in love, to tell the truth, and to not slander. You know, we need to know that God's word will go against our human nature, and God's word is not meant to appease our human nature. God's word will offend our human nature. It's a spiritual book. It's not a natural book. And we need to make sure that it's not a stumbling block to us. We need to make sure that we recognize when God's word is offending us and not, uh, not cause it to make us stumble, but to repent and not stay, stay up, stay offended and stumble and walk away from the Lord. Um, on page 92, it asked us to summarize from the scriptures that we had looked up how we can know that God is enough so that when things happen, that we don't stumble, that we don't get offended. And I wrote that, um, that I would, would determine to never be offended by the word of God, but know that it is true and that I can be led by it and taught by it because it will never lead me wrong. That is, God's word is full of wisdom, that I can trust him because he's trustworthy, that he's look, always looking out for my best, that he knows the end from the beginning, 
that he has a plan for my life, and that I may not understand God's ways, but they are perfect. And I encourage you to write, write in the comments below what you learned from the scriptures and summarize what you learned and how you know that God is enough, that you can trust him and not be offended that he's maybe not doing things the way that you think uh, he should be doing them. You know, at the beginning of this chapter, there was a wonderful quote that I'm going to read. It's on page 79. It says, Blessed is he who is not offended in Christ, who recognizes Christ's spiritual greatness, Christ's infinite goodness, Christ's deep and holy love. Blessed is he who sees nothing in Christ to repel, but everything to attract and convince. He is blessed, for he will find in Christ all that he needs, peace, comfort, hope, and rest for his soul. That's awesome. That's by B.C. Caffin from the Pulpit Commentary. You know, when we can rest in Christ and know that he's all we need, uh, we know that God is enough and we won't be offended. So I want to go over our memory verse again um, for this chapter it's Matthew eleven six. blessed is the one who is not offended by me so let's remember that let's not be offended by the Lord when um, things are not going the way we think they should if um, everything's not going uh, according to our plan we think that God should answer all the all, all our prayers the way that we want them to be answered um, let's trust God's plan for our life. Let's let God's word affect our life and not be offended by him or by the word of God. And uh, let's just uh, keep this verse in prayer. Let's uh, surrender our lives to the Lord and never be offended by him. And I want to tell you that I'm looking forward to the next session that Judy is going to be teaching. I'm sure it's going to be really good. And uh, we'll see you on uh, next Friday. We love you guys. Bye-bye.